everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit. Shit. Together. Wow, Kyle was a little late on that one, don't you think, Glenn? I think he was looking at his phone. Yeah. The monkey. Ooh, me? Always was there a delay? Off. No, there there's a huge be. delay. Oh. I don't know what to tell you about Not, Oh, it's got to be some audio problems because I was definitely paying attention 110%. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for this episode, I'm going to hand it off to Kyle, who kind of had a topic that he wanted to talk about. So, Kyle, go ahead and take the reins, buddy. Sounds like a plan, my man. Uh, this is one of the topics, one of the topics this week, my goodness, the topic this week is uh, stemming from a book a lot of you may have heard of, you may have read, you may have listened to it, is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, I forgot the author, Mark Monson or Manson or something like that. I forget the gentleman's name. Um, but I'm this sorry, you comes said not from giving a what? Not giving a fuck. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Did you want me to just drop F-bombs more and more? Is that what you're trying to do here? <laughs> I thought about what what is this podcast missing? And that's what the <laughs> F- uh, result was. F-bombs? More fuck bombs. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Glenn, thank you for actually saying it, not me being the only one. I appreciate that. Looking out for me. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. My man. Uh, <laughs> I got your fucking back, man. My man, I love it. It's so powerful. Now I trust you and I believe you. It has more <laughs> indication. I love it. I love it. Has more it. emotion right. with let it. Me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let me, I digress, people. My apologies. Let me go ahead and get through this real quick. So the idea for the topic for this week came from, again, the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Now, this, uh, a lot of you may have read it. This is comes from chapter two in a portion of the book called Choose Your Struggle. And he discusses happiness, right? And the idea that happiness is truly a problem. Happiness is not an equation that can be solved. It is not something that can be quantified or necessarily that can be worked for, right? So when we discuss happiness, we discuss, if I was to ask you, gentlemen, what is it that you want in life? What do you want out of life? It would be things that are very generic, like I want to be successful. I want to have a big house. I want to have a lot of money. I want to have a corner office, a beautiful girl, a fast car. Whatever society tells you is equivalent to success, right? So we've already got, we're working on a few things we've already had ingrained in our heads by society, by social media, by TV and movies, or whatever that may be, that lead us to believe equate to happiness. But the main reason why everyone uh, is not as successful as they would like to be is mainly because they don't ask themselves the question that he says is far more important, and that is what do you want to endure in your life or what pain do you want in your life? Because to understand that happiness requires struggle and even creates problems in your life and to still aim for that shows true dedication. 
So when you take a look at something like, hey, I, I want, you know, a fancy corner office with the big fat paycheck and a fast car. Those are all nice things to have. But are you willing to endure the pain of a 70 hour work week of a two hour one way commute of missing dinners with your family, of not being able to go to your kids soccer games or baseball or basketball games or, or whatever's going on, right? Are you willing to go through that pain? Are you willing to endure things of that nature? And so really the idea is about flipping it around and asking yourself that question. Um, and, and really the statement that happiness is a problem sounds very counterintuitive, but when you listen to it in the book, it, all, it, it makes a lot of sense listen to it. I'm, I'm listening to it by the way, not reading it. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. So with that said, I think I just want your feedback on that, fellas. And then maybe if we can go around and uh, maybe think about the questions that we have for ourselves, and maybe if you have some answers to the question, what pain do we want in our life to achieve what we truly want? Um, I think we kind of just go from there. Yeah, when, when you were talking about that, Kyle, one of the things I thought of was episode 190 where the episode was centered a little bit around a quote by Jim Rohn where he said, we must all suffer from one of two pains, the pain of discipline oh. or the pain of regret. The difference is discipline weighs ounces while regret weighs tons. And that... You know, came to mind immediately because you think about all the things that we have to do in order to get a different result that we want in life. And I think that's the picture that you painted is if you want a new car, if you want a new house, if, if you want all these things that you desire, something has to change in your life. Because if it doesn't, you're going to continue doing things the exact same way that you've always done them. And therefore continue to be the exact have... same place that you've always been. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I nor, recently on Reddit, one of my favorite subreddit, uh, subreddits is, uh, get motivated and came across a quote that came, uh, yesterday and I downloaded it. And then you brought this up today and I just thought, man, this fits perfectly. The quote was the cost of procrastination is the life that you have now. Oof. And so it was funny because in the quote itself, it says, read that again. Um, <laughs> the cost <laughs> of procrastination is the life that you have now. So if you aren't willing to do anything differently, you're going to continue having exactly what you have right now. And I think this is a fantastic episode. I think that I quote think you just said as well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Glenn. You got something? Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only people that would look at that quote going, that doesn't really apply, are the people that actually applied themselves and got what they wanted. No, I would, I would, I would argue. Here's why. Uh -oh. I was, I was going to say, ding, ding, ding. no, no, this is good. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I would, no, I would say that, uh, it applies on both sides. And the reason why I say that is because the individuals that have made sacrifices with their time specifically i use time because that's really all we have as a medium to trade uh for anything the individuals who made sacrifices with their time can read that quote and look back and say yeah 
that is the cost of procrastination because I did not procrastinate and I got everything that I have today. So the cost of procrastination is me being one of the people that work for me. Right? If I'm a CEO in a corner office, I can still read this quote and relate to it and recognize that, you know, hey, I took action. I created a plan and I, and I put the work in. So he looks at it from a different, a completely different lens, I think. I can see that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the, I don't know. This I like really it. comes down to what are you willing to either sacrifice or substitute in your life for the things that you say you want, right? It's like people who say that they want to lose weight but yet continue to do the exact same things. That's because they aren't making a sacrifice or a substitute. They're just continuing life as is. Willpower is going to be one of the first things to disappear because it's not emotional. And so many of our habits are centered around emotion, around good feelings, around uh, gaining a pleasure or preventing a pain. And it comes yeah. from just being too comfortable. I think also people just, they think about wanting something. I think they like the idea of things more than they like those actual things. Because once you recognize what's required to have said thing, it's not as important. You just like the idea of, of wanting it, of desiring something, to have a desire. For kind something. of like those people that go out and get a dog because they really, really want a dog, but they don't want to put the work in to keep it up, so they abandon the dog. You mean 10-year-olds? Uh, well, I mean even adults. <laughs> it's actually a little bit worse with adults because you know the parents will take over for the kids, but the adults do it they just abandon the dog altogether yeah yeah i think going into uh a commitment like that right if you're if you're not truly invested i mean you know emily and i just got a dog recently it's been four five months now actually yeah um it's been fantastic but we talked about it for a long time you know to make sure that okay hey can we do this are we available enough you know what like is it going to be suitable to have a dog, you know, be in a crate for a few hours a day or go to doggy daycare a couple times a week, you know, and, and what costs associated with that? And um, not just the emotional side of the equation, but the logical part of it, right? A, a, a dog, like a human, is an investment. So you have to be prepared for that uh, as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, gotta, it's interesting. One of the, <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned, Kyle, is, you know, a lot of things with desires is it just feels nice to want something and not really take into account what it really means to have that. Um, just want the I warm and fuzzies. A, yeah. I was involved in a project, um, you know, I, I won't mention any names or anything like that, but but it was a, it was a website. It was an online community, a presence centered around um, centered around a specific topic. And when I spoke with the individuals involved, before we did anything, before we even started, when it was just a concept and we got together to kind of discuss what, what the idea was, 
I let both of them know how hard this is going to be because I want to paint the bleakest picture possible because <laughs> when you come across the tough times, you know, yeah, it's, it's not what you expected, but at least you can prepare a little bit. You're like, okay, yeah, I remember we went over this. I'm supposed to feel this. I'm supposed to feel all this negative stuff, but it'll pass and I can move forward. And what happens is a lot of times when you see people who are successful online through Instagram or, or YouTube or, or anything like that, they make it look easy because they put in the work to get there. You know, we, we talk about, um, Kyle, you probably know this. Who was it like Jordan or someone who, who would practice free throws like all the time and became one of the best free throw people. Um, and people just thought it was easy and effortless for them when really they didn't see all the hard work that went behind it. We're talking about free throws, so it's probably Shaq. But <laughs> he, he never got good, no, man. But, uh, but you know, and, and when the first person left that, that project, one of the first things that they said was, I knew it would be hard. I just didn't think it would be this hard because you see all the people who are doing it online and they make it look easy. And I thought I could do the same thing. And what that let me know is there's the sacrifice wasn't made. If, if you want to start something new, you have 24 hours a day. You can't just tack on another hour to it. Something's got to go. Same thing with like us, you know, we, we do this podcast, we record it every couple of weeks, but we know right away, it's going to take about three hours to record because there's certain highlights that we do. We talk about the episodes. We talk about some housekeeping business type stuff. So it's not like we're taking our existing Wednesdays and trying to fit this in. This is only successful because we've carved out the time for it. And especially like Glenn, Glenn's hustling. He's got three jobs. He can't just fit this into his schedule. He needs to plan his schedule around this because this is important enough to him. And I think that's the difference is when something is important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not important, you'll find an excuse. You're damn right. Thank you, Glenn, for joining us. You're welcome, man. <laughs> Anytime. I'm glad oh. to be the topic of discussion. Let's go. <laughs> So with that, I mean, with that statement, Glenn, what do you think about that? Like what Rohit said, and then the idea that happiness is a problem. I think happiness is a problem for anyone who doesn't have it, right? Or they think they don't have enough of it. Um, they've convinced themselves that they have to have something else that gives them happiness. Really, happiness... You control your happiness. Mm -hmm. You control what makes you happy. I could sit here and complain about what I don't like in life, but that's, again, focusing on the negative. What is good in life? Glenn, do you think people take the time to understand what truly makes them happy? No, I think people like to focus, again, on what they view society thinks is happiness. Like, like Kyle said earlier, the, the cars, the money, the, the good job, the honeys. Okay. Yeah. The honeys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm an 80s kid, so yes, the honeys. I love it. I love it. But, you know, you, you look at all those things. Money doesn't last forever. You can't take it with you. 
cars, they break down. You replace them. Unless you're Rohit, in which case you keep a, you know, the red Mazda forever. This is fucking immaculate, by the way, that damn car. My goodness, <laughs> Rohit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, I, my I little swear, He got that out of, out of a Hot Wheels pack and he kept it because it was his favorite toy <laughs> growing up. That thing is fucking mint. It's going to be at Barrett Jackson in 10 years, I bet you. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's technically considered a classic now, isn't it? If a car's over 25 years old. 25? Yeah, how old is it? Or maybe 35. I don't know. She's 95. Really? So, yeah. 25 years, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, the, 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 plates the point is everyone out. looks at all these things. Everyone looks at all these things and they go, yeah, that's, that's what it'll take to get me happy. That's my happiness is to have more things. Things don't make you happy. Attaining some of those things, sure, that can make you happy. Man, I get really happy whenever I get, you know, a, a, a new game to play. Right? Like, yes, this so is great, but eventually that happiness fades, and I need something else. It's like a drug; it's a fix. Yeah. Right. It's it's literally a, a fix. It's more uh, like a band aid. You're putting a band aid on a dam. You got so much negative out there. You need that band aid to plug that that leak in your dam before you know it overwhelms you and floods you out. Really, people should be working on fixing the problem with the dam rather than just trying to cover it up. You got a problem in your life? Fix it. Find a way to fix it. Don't try and cover it up with things. Yeah, inanimate objects. Yeah, because happiness. Happiness is not things. Happiness is a feeling you feel when you're content. A true happiness. You know, what's what's interesting, Glenn, when you mentioned that, I think one of the things that, that the three of us have learned from being a, a part of this show now is we tend to question a lot of our own behavior. Not just when we're on air, but even in general, you know, we, we tend to be like, why are we doing this? Like, where's the pattern coming from? And one of the things I think is people don't do that enough is question why they're doing something, which is why, you know, if you're feeling down, you're like, I'm just feeling down. I'm just going to eat a whole cake or I'm just going <laughs> to go out and, and buy something, you know, and, and it gives you that that initial rush of adrenaline because you're not thinking Fair about coming. something, you're satisfying some emotional craving. And it's, it's difficult. I think unless you train yourself to consistently ask why you are doing the things that you're doing. Yep. From an outsider's perspective as well, you have to take a step outside of your own box. Oh, and we see it in other people's behaviors when they're doing self-sabotaging things. The three of us can see it. And the thing is, we can't tell them because they'll get offended, you know, but, but we see it all the time. And it reminds us that we have chosen a different path. We have chosen one where we question our behavior. We get outside of our comfort zone because that's what we have, you know, talked about for the last five years is is growing that way so where we are now five years later is a huge advantage over somebody who maybe is listening to us for the first time 
had a bad day at work and decides to, you know, just kind of relax or give themselves a little treat by participating in a negative behavior because they don't see the long-term detrimental behavior to that. Good shit, good shit. So I, that I really like shelf, shelf. Good shelf, good shelf. Glenn's got a good shelf, good shelf now. <laughs> so, uh, and gentlemen, I really, I really enjoy uh, what I've gathered so far from this book. Have either of you uh, read it or taken this in uh, in any fashion? No, no, no. The concept is not as my understanding, but I've never read it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I, I dig it so far. I mean, I'll let you know what I think of it when I get through the entire thing. But um, this was one that just stuck with me because, uh, you know, I'm I'm going through a few things right now where I'm identifying what is my <clears throat> happiness equivalent today, right, and, and how I get there and what it requires. So to hear that kind of stuck with me quite a bit. And I was like, man. We gotta we gotta talk about this. I wanna kinda open this up for discussion and get some better perspective on it. Um, and take a look at it, you know, and just kinda unbox that and see where we kinda go with it. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the question to ask yourself, what pain do you want in your life? Where do we place that? Do we take a look at the things that we want to achieve and then we say, okay, what pain do we want to introduce in order to achieve those things? It lets us know that we're willing to accept it. Or what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think we really need to understand that if we really want something, we're going to do whatever it takes to get it. And if we aren't doing whatever it takes to get it, we don't really want it. We don't. That's just the way to look at it. If you really want to accomplish a goal, you're going to. You're going to take the steps necessary to get there. So if you're looking at a goal you set for yourself to be completed by now and you haven't completed it, you must not have really wanted that goal. But how do you take a look at it? How do you have that conversation with yourself to begin with? It's always the tough thing, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think that's 2020. Well, that's exactly what we're saying here, right? Is, is you say that, so you're saying that, well, if you wanted to achieve something or if you had a goal and you didn't achieve it, then you really didn't want it. And I think that's exactly what this is saying is, hey, it's because you need to ask yourself, what pain are you willing to endure? What pain do you want? It's easy to want nice things because, again, that's the warm and fuzzy, right? That's the Instagram lifestyle, if you will. It's, it's what you want people to see and what you think people want to see that you have, right? So I think that's what we're trying to get is, you know, that's why most people get there because they're not willing to ask themselves what they're willing to sacrifice. Okay, so if you really want to actually achieve something, you got to start with understanding what the goal takes. Yeah. Just asking yourself, okay, well, Let's say I want to be the top streamer, right? Um, 
I'm going to ask myself, so what kind of work do I have to put in on my stream? I have to do such and such uh, social media work. I have to make sure that I'm marketing myself in a certain way. I have to make sure I'm on time to all my streams. I have to build my audience and get uh, so many viewers each time I'm out there. So how much work am I willing to put in towards this? And do I have the time and capacity to do that with what I have right now? If I don't, what can I sacrifice to make that happen? If that's really my goal, that's the way I'm going to look at it. Okay. So it's just truly analyzing every aspect you of the goal. It. If, if you want okay. your goal, if you want to succeed at any goal, you have to analyze it. You have to know what you're going to do in case something happens. Hmm. But I really you, have, you don't have to have an answer for it. You don't have to have an answer for every little thing that pops up no one's going to be able to predict what happens right you could have a, a death in the family you could have an illness pop up no one can plan for those things but having a general idea of what you can do if something like that pops up that's that's the kind of planning you have to get into what what i really like about what you said glenn is if you want to and yeah. I think I think that is key because so many times it's so easy for us to fall into the everyday traps of comfort that we lose sight of what we really want. Uh, Tony Robbins said, you get what you settle for in life. And I think that that's so true because, Glenn, exactly what you're talking about. When, when the times get tough, what do you really want? And for the majority of the people, I would say – they start settling. I, you know, you are actively trying to grow your stream. You know what's required. It's not just going to happen. You realize that there are other people who have gone through this exact same pain point. They continued hustling and they've reached a certain point that you want to reach. Whereas anyone else, I think they would say, Oh, you know, like I'm missing this or, uh, because, because I'm so dedicated to this, I don't get a chance to do this. And they start talking themselves out of it. They start settling. Okay, I know I need to make – I'm just making this up. I know I need to do 10 social media posts a week. But, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Maybe I'll just do eight this week. And what, what happens is you've already started the downward path because now in your mind you have pretty much said it's okay for you to back down slightly because of these – circumstances and then what happens is the next time you come across certain circumstances you'll do the same thing because now you've accepted that that's an acceptable behavior hmm. you've accepted that that's an acceptable behavior and that's going to become your norm now going forward yeah he, something you said there when you when you mentioned tony robbins quote um and how you settle for things i think it makes me think about the concept of loving what you do versus doing what you love. Right? I think if you take a look at those two statements, people would say that they're the same. I, oh, I love what I do. Well, do you love what you do or are you settling? Are you convincing yourself that you love what you do? Because if you love what you do, you would have done what you love. You love something before you're actually doing it is going to create motivation and hunger to achieve said thing 
right? Otherwise, you could potentially fall into the rut of settling and convincing yourself now that this behavior is acceptable and that you're, you're going to embrace this now and then even begin to love it, right? So I know it may sound kind of weird, but I think that those two statements come from completely different directions. Um, and it kind of goes along with what, a lot of what you were saying there. Yeah, I don't know if I shared this on air before, um, but when when I do a seminar for a company, one of the one of the main reasons why companies like working with me is because I don't make it just about work. If if I go into a place and I tell you how to be the best employee, you're going to tune out. You're not going to pay attention. But if I tackle your life, you will improve your life, and as a result, it'll be reflected in the work. And one of the first things I do is. I say, how many of you enjoy working here? Everyone raises their hand. Hmm. Uh, how many of you guys enjoy your coworkers? Everyone raises their hands. You know, ask a lot of questions where everyone's raising their hands. And then I say, how many of you is this your ideal job? For how many of you, when you were young, you said, man, if only I could work at this place, I'd be so excited. <laughs> All the hands go down. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is proof that you are not proactively planning your life because the biggest decision that you can make is where you work. And right now where you work is dictating the type of lifestyle you can have, how many days you can go on vacation, how sick you can get, mm -hmm. how big your house is going to be, how many kids you're going to have. And what that's meant to do is take a, you know, you're feeling good about life. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I just got kicked in the balls. But it's so true. We get what we settle for, but it's one of those things that you don't really think about. Mm -hmm. That exercise is the absolute embodiment of a quote like this, right? All those people were loving what they do, but they weren't mm -hmm. doing what they loved. Yeah. You accidentally fell into this job is yep. what I tell them. And, you know, the managers tend to look at me at that at that time, but, you know. I played out okay, but yeah, absolutely. You even even for us, think about where each of us works right now. Did you plan to work there, or did you accidentally fall into it? Now I think I pushed off uh, your invite a couple times. <laughs> Procrastination, Glenn. <laughs> the cost of procrastination is the life that you have now. Well, in that oh, case, man. I'm glad I procrastinated on this one because I got uh, better than the uh, offers I was getting before. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, man. Gentlemen, th this has been pretty good. Glenn, did you have anything? Um, I think it's about time we probably wrap up here, but I don't want to cut any of you fine gentlemen short. Not you really. I mean, no. this, this <laughs> just kind of reminds me of, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we always have a couple episodes with, that it reminds us of. This reminds me of my know, Jeep. I want to well, ride it. <laughs> Do you have what it takes to be a stooge? Do you have the dedication of being a stooge, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys really, uh, they pursued their happiness. They never really achieved it, but they worked hard to get to it. Mm -hmm. And they went through pain. 
But ask any one of them if they would uh, change anything. I guarantee you none of them would. How could we ask them? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Please send hate mail to Kyle at GYST.com. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, I'm so, sure some people would mind, wouldn't mind sending you to ask him real quick if you want. You know. Yeah, I know. Evidently, geez, I'm just kidding, people. My goodness gracious, take it easy. Take it easy. Well, so I say I say we wrap then. I'll I'll go with the uh, two minute takeaway, guys. So this week's topic was about the idea that happiness is a problem, and and we ask ourselves what we want in life and what we want from life. And we think about those things that make us happy and we realize that we don't have those things. But we don't ask ourselves the proper question, which is what pain do you want in your life? What do you want to endure? What sacrifices are you willing to make? And if you can't answer those questions, you're never going to achieve your, your end goals. And this topic came from the book. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. We're going to link to it on the podcast episode on the website as well. So uh, it's been around for a while, super popular. Um, I'm just now getting around to it. So if you guys haven't listened to it or read it, uh, check it out. Free plug for you there, Mark. So don't forget about me uh, when you write <laughs> your next book. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I won't charge. I won't charge you for that one. But uh, Folks, I say take a listen and, and think about that in this episode today. If you have an ideal picture of what your happiness looks like, I think now it's time to truly analyze what it's going to take to get there and ask yourself the question, what pain are you willing to go through to achieve said goal? With that said, I say we wrap it up. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another fantastic episode of the GYST podcast, where we meet every week to help ourselves get our shit together, and we help you get your shit together. So if you could do us a huge favor, like, share the the, the podcast on whatever platform you so desire, we would greatly appreciate it, and we'll see you all again next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 